Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All righty. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Thank you, all of us, for joining us. Welcome to this morning's edition of Down to Earth with Harriet Kamek. As usual, thank you to my viewers on YouTube. I'm much obliged. Right? Thank you to all of you who are joining us on Twitter. And Periscope, thank you so much. I appreciate you taking the time out to be part of our experience this morning. And we're really just going to talk about seniors and folks who, having retired, find a second wind. It's like starting all over again, and they've retired, they're done with work, but they're finding a second wind. But needless to say, the weather is always a conversation around here because it snowed last night when we didn't expect it to. I, didn't, I can't recall seeing any forecast uh, saying it would snow, but nonetheless, snow. And this is the real snow, not the heavy one we had earlier in the week. This is like the real snow. So for those of you who are driving Teslas, right? Tesla is a summer car meant to be driven in San Francisco. Don't bring it out here in the Midwest because the temperatures here in the Midwest are extremely cold. And your Tesla will not survive. Last year, uh, driving down one of the freeways here, I saw one over on the side. They had to get it towed. It just, it couldn't start. I mean, and I know the person probably thought, oh, well, I have a better for I'm like, dude, it was 10 below. <laughs> it's not going to work. <laughs> right? So those of you who are driving Teslas, keep that for your summer ride, spring and summer. Don't bring it. Don't bring your Tesla out in, in the winter. Because <laughs> even the screen will freeze. How many of you are having that? iPhones send out an update, right? Didn't they? And every time they send out an update, your phone screen freezes. So now I'm back to having free, frozen screen screens and so on. So what I'm saying is in this weather, you are most likely to find that your devices freeze up. So don't leave your car, your computer, your laptop in your cars overnight, not even if it's parked in the garage unless you have a heated attached garage. Anyone, your garage is heated, then you can leave it in there. But don't leave your iPad, your phone. Sometimes you know how you just leave your phone inside your car, and you're like, I can't be bothered with going back to get it. Don't leave it. It's it's adverse weather. It's very difficult. It's very different, right? Keep stuff in your car. Keep a coat in your car. Keep an extra pair of boots. Keep gloves in your car. I don't like gloves, but I keep an extra pair in the car just in case, right? Keep water and snacks. Just in case you get stuck and you can't move. And for the love of God, do not take a chance on the gas and say, you know what? I have 50 something miles to go. I can make it to the nearest gas station. Don't do that. You might just find yourself stuck and you have to keep the engine running to keep the heat on. And then you find yourself. And I'm preaching to the choir here because I'm lazy to go to the gas station. (laughs) I'm one of those persons who's lazy to go to the gas station. Right, so I like to go to Sam's Club because they have very they're competitively priced. So sometimes I go to Sam's Club and people are staring at me like, and I'm like, what? It's thirty cents less per gallon. 
You actually think I'm going to pay $2.90 when I can pay $2.60? <laughs> what do I look like? So I go to Sam's Club and people are looking at me like, and I, this is me. I don't get your angst. I don't care if I drive a Range Rover or I drive a Rover. As long as it's roving over these roads, that gas is still gas, right? So I don't, I don't, I don't, right? So buy gas at Sam's Club. Your vehicle will get used to it and it's competitive with price. After all, if you're going to buy gas at them other stations that are going to charge you 30 to 40 cents more, you might as well just go to Sam's and fill up once a week. You'll save a boatload of money. Costco, too. If you're not near a Sam's Club, you're probably near a, a Costco. They're competitively priced. And trust me, it works, right? So today on our show, we're going to talk about folks who are over 65 or folks who have retired. And retirement means different things to different people. There are some people who started work really early in the same organization, like if they work for the state government or the federal government, and after working for 30 years or 32 years, they decide to retire. But they're just like 52, 54, 56. And they're like, well, what am I going to do for the rest of my life? Statistically, most people die within, he shows that some people die within five years of retirement, especially people who led a fast-paced life. For instance, the statistics are that police officers tend to die within five years of retirement. And we all know police officers, especially those who are detectives, they feed on the adrenaline, right? And the adrenaline is what keeps them going. And then all of a sudden, they retire and nothing to do. Go home and watch TV all day. Who does that? Right? So people who are retired are actually re-emerging. And they're not going back in the field that they were in. They're not returning. So let's say they worked for the state government, Right? When they retire, they're not going back to it. People who retire from the armed forces. My brother is retired Navy. He never went back there. He never went back there. He had to do, I think he was four or five years. He had to be on call. So he had to be available if they called. So he couldn't do anything. He didn't go back. After his four or five years, he was like, what up? I'm done. He said, for the first time, I don't have to be confined to that. He said, I'll find something else to do. Well, this is what is happening. A lot of people are retired, and they are having more fun because finally they're at the stage in life where they say, I can take a risk. Having worked for 30 years or 23 years based on the industry they're in and what time, how old they were when they entered, they're finally able now to be financially stable, so that means they can provide for their daily living expenses, and they're like, I have a little money. I think I want to try something. And, you know, their family and friends are like, no, don't use the money because what if something happens? And they're like, I don't care either way. I want to try it. Even if I fail, I still want to try it. So a lot of them are starting new industries. A lot of them are starting new things. And guess what? The fact that they don't have this, if it doesn't work thing, I am going to lose. The fact that they're just like, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, I try something else. I move on. They're having more fun and they're appearing out to live longer because they're more fulfilled. Well, what does that tell all of us about life? It seems to me that no matter what field you find yourself in, even if you're plugging a thing at the plant, even if you're punching a clock and going to the plant, still have fun. I've always believed that you should have 
a side gig, a side hustle. They call it gigs today. I used to call it just a side hustle. I am of the belief that you should always have a side hustle. It keeps you motivated and it keeps you going. When I worked full-time for other people, I worked full-time for myself now. When I worked full-time for other people, what I used to find is that I would work full-time, but I got my derived my sense of fulfillment from my side activities where I was working for myself. I was building Harry Kemet Media. I was finding ways to distribute my books, publish my books, get the word out about the programs that I like. And so it kept me motivated. So when the full-time job left, the full-time job was funding the dream. And when the full-time job left, I found that it's a good thing I had my side hustle because it kept me sane. Well, that's what retired folks are doing. They're saying, I am not going to be like my parents or grandparents. I don't want at 65 or 66 or 70 to find myself locked up in a nursing home, unable to feed myself, and my brains are frozen, and I'm a zombie living for the next 10 years. They're like, if I'm going to live, I'm going to live. So what they do is immerse themselves in something that they like to do. And you know what it does? It's fulfilling. It becomes its own self-fulfilling prophecy. Whether or not they succeed is not the answer. So if they launch a new thing, if it makes money, fine. If it doesn't, okay. It's not about that. You know what it is about? That they derive a healthy sense of self and a healthier perspective on what really matters. That if I'm doing something and my heart and soul are in it, it's going to fulfill me and I'm going to derive some sort of satisfaction that perhaps the unintended benefit is that it lengthens my life. I myself, can, I, to be honest with you, I cannot see a world in which I ever tell myself I'll retire. I've been telling myself from ever since I knew myself that I will never retire. As long as I live, I am going to be engaged actively in something. I, I can't be the type of person to sit back and just sit down and then what happened? You turn 75 or 76 and somebody has to spoon feed you. Somebody has to take your diapers off. Diapers? I changed my baby's diapers. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? So for me, I, I see where seniors are feeling like that because I'm like, I'm never going to retire. But if I reach the age of majority, right? When I reach the age of majority, when the government says this is the age at which you can choose to retire, I'll be like, hell to the no. Because you all know that after 72, we stop paying income taxes. Did you all know that? You all knew that, right? After 72, you don't pay income taxes anymore. Which explains why there are so many people alive today. Because you tell yourself, I am going to live until I'm after 72, so I won't have to pay income taxes. Years ago, when I lived in Florida, one of our neighbors, one of my neighbors was such a man, right? He was 80, and he was still working, y'all. And he used to work in the hotels as a, as a, a waiter or busboy or something, right? And when he retired, he found himself, he said, at 65, still feeling strong and healthy, Right? So he went back to the hotel and he said, I don't feel like working. So they hired him. Then he found out that after 72, he wouldn't pay the income tax. He lived past, way past 72. 
I think he just, his body was just like, I can't carry you anymore. Let me just roll over. He did. And he had fun. He would wake up and go to work. And he, he, he was so inducted into this thing of working. It was anathema to him to stay home. He played golf, yeah, on the weekends. <laughs> that was it for him, right? And the grandkids came over and he was like this. You're telling me this is my life? And he did what he could. He sincerely did what he could. He sincerely, and he lived past 72. And he used to show, show me his, his face stuff. He said, see, I don't pay income taxes anymore. He thought he was, you know, getting something. <laughs> but he lived with life, and he worked overnight. So every evening by 6 o'clock, he was leaving to go to work. And it was so much a part of him, he couldn't get it out. And he didn't come back home until 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning. He had fun. He said he liked the activity. He liked being out. And so what am I saying? I'm saying I think it's teaching all of us how to live and how to be better at living. I think we haven't really figured out how to be better at living. I think we haven't figured out that we need to, what we consider to be real. I think we need to strive for financial stability, right? And achieve financial stability. But after you get that, you will find yourself asking yourself, what's next? What's next? My ex-husband thought he was slick. When I met him, he was retired at 40, or he was past 40, a little past 40. And he said, he thought he was sleek. He said, I made enough money in my life. I can, you know, the way he thought, he had it figured out, right? And what happened to him was he set in motion. He st- when you tell yourself that you retire, guess what? You tell your body literally to shut down. You tell your body to stop performing, you tell your mind to stop looking for opportunities. And so he isolated himself kind of, and he stopped thinking. Ten years later, you know what he said? It was the worst decision he had ever made. He regretted it because he said, all of a sudden, I find myself going to the doctor for stuff that he said, I would never have thought about going to the doctor. He said, and I said, because you don't have anything to think about. Find yourself a project. And that is what I'm saying to all of you. Even if you have a full-time job, even if you think your full-time job consumes you, I am saying to you, find yourself a side gig. Find yourself a project that you can immerse yourself in because you need something to think other than all the negativity. Because, you know, you go to work, you get up, and all you think about is work. You're working for someone because you got to pay the bills. And so you're working, working, and all you're thinking about is working. But, and then you go home and you're like, you just gel out before the TV. You know what you're telling yourself? You're programming yourself. You're telling yourself that after 7 o'clock at night, you don't need to think that your, everything should shut down. Well, you're setting yourself up for failure. Because by the time you retire, you will find that you have no use. Don't do that to yourself. Because you, we're sending subliminal messages to ourselves and to our bodies. You have to get up. You have to tell yourself and find something to do. It doesn't matter. After you get past 55, it doesn't matter if it is successful. After you get past a certain age, you realize that success is in the eyes of the beholder. You don't care after a certain age. After 45, I'm just going to be honest with you, you don't care if the next person thinks you're successful. After 50, you definitely don't give a hoot. 
You want people, you're like, if I survive this far, you, you can go sit down. Girl, go sit down and talk about something else. Do you see what I'm saying? So after a while, success and a definition of success does not look like what someone else might think it is. So take advantage of that and program yourself to do something else. Ask yourself, what is it that I would like to do if given the chance? And go find a way to start it. Just the adrenaline that it will take to get you started will power you up and keep you going for years. You won't even be able to sit still. Your mind will be so consumed with the idea of working and getting it done that you won't even know what to think. Do you see what I'm saying? Live, baby. Live. Life is worth living no matter what. Because so often what happens and that's why I don't like retirement parties. Have you been to a retirement party? I went to one recently. I'll never go to another one because it sounds like a funeral. It sounds like they're telling you goodbye. Retirement parties, it's like the sum total of everything that you work for. They're going to give you a party. I'm like, send me on a darn cruise. <laughs> give me a round-the-world trip. I don't want to see you all because it sounds like a funeral. And they're saying, well, when you first started, it sounds like they're reading your obituary at a funeral. No. Take that money. Go on a trip. Take some time off. Go tour Europe for three weeks. It's cold now, but, you know, plan a trip for the summer. Go tour Europe. Go to China. Not my, I wouldn't, but okay. You might, might turn you on, but for me, I, I think they'll lock me up, so I'm not going to China. I don't think they value people. <laughs> so I'm definitely not someone they would value. So nope, I'm not going. Right? Go to India. That's a place that a lot of people don't think of going. At least over in India, they're going to value you. You're not going to disappear into the great, you know, absentia or whatever. Do you see what I'm saying? And plan a trip. Go see other places in the world. Go on, go on in the Congo. Go on a safari in Africa. Go down to South Africa. You come back from there, right? Go to South Africa. Go see how other people live. Go and see the Northern Lights in Norway and Sweden. Do you see what I'm saying? And then when you come back, say, I want to start something. And start it. If you feel like taking out a line of credit just simply based on credit, go do it. You say, I'll pay back. How much is it going to cost me? Three, $400 a month. I'll take the line of credit. If you don't want to use your retirement money to do it. Do you see what I'm saying? But at least go do something. Don't just sit there, right? Because nowadays we're living longer. I don't know if it has anything to do with medicine so we're not dying young, you know, from early diseases that a previous generation ago killed a previous generation. We're living longer. We're living so much longer. We're living. So and so since you, we don't know, like, they haven't really put a clock on it yet, and they're not like, well, not ever live. I don't know what's going to happen, so live. You see what I'm saying? And it's hard to uh, it's hard to imagine that, but you will get there. Some of you started working, most of us started working from, you know, from in our 20s. As soon as you graduate college, you're thrown into the world of work. You're tired by the time you're 50. And especially if you've spent a lifetime raising children, you want to think of something different. Right? You, I look at today, in today's world, for instance, I'm looking at CEOs. And you remember once upon a time, they were old, white-haired, with wrinkles, and with their glasses popped up on their heads or whatever? 
You notice how today's 60-year-old CEOs look? They're as vital and as vibrant as, as if they were in their 40s. You know what that is? That is them telling themselves that I'm not giving up and I'm not quitting. That is what that is. They're powering themselves up. They're working out. They've spent the last 20 years eating, you know, eating right, and they're working out, so they look vital. They don't look like they're anywhere near, you know, one foot on a, in the grave and one foot on a banana peel sliding into the grave at 60 or 65. These blokes are playing, these dudes are playing golf, for crying out loud. They're powered up. And, and for a long time, we used to say, well, they married a younger wife, so they got to keep it going. Now, some of them are choosing to stay with their first wife and still look amazing and still look great. Why? It's the way that you think. It's the, and, and to be honest with you, a smart man, a smart man knows that if you want a happy life and you want to live longer, you don't mess up the first marriage. If it's going good, you don't mess it up because you don't recover. A smart man will tell you that. You think you do it temporary, but you don't because you're always thinking back. And then you have to split your assets, divide up yourself, and the resulting chaos, it takes five to ten years to, to resolve. That's ten years off your life. All of a sudden, you wake up one day and how you thought you would look, you look drawn, and the wife you married who was 20 years younger than you still look young. Then you find out that she's having sex with somebody younger than you. And your first wife is sitting over there looking like she just dropped off the clock, like the clock stopped ticking when she left when you left her. And the clock stopped and she looks you great. But she don't want you anymore because she has other things to think about. Do you see what I'm saying? A smart man knows that the thing to do is to build a life with someone and stay with it. Choose the right person initially. And stay with it and work through it. Right? You, so in other words, what I'm saying, if you aren't married yet, that's some good advice for you. Choose the right person. Not someone who makes your genitals happy. Not someone whom you think you're in love with. Because love is fleeting. Love is very conditional. Choose someone who is the right person. And stay with that. Right? And some of you jump to making decisions. You can't make a lifetime decision such as marriage in a vacuum. Because you have to think it through. You have to think, what will this person be like in five years? What will happen in 10 years? What if she gets sick or I get sick? You have to think like that. Do you see what I'm saying? And you, when you start thinking like that, you will make a better decision so that you will stay together. Well, we have this much money now. If we don't rock the boat, it can stay this way. I still want to do something when I retire. I don't have to use up our retirement savings. I could go take out a line of credit just simply based on my, my credit. That will not affect my assets. But I will only be able to do that if I'm financially stable, not if I lose money in a divorce where I have to split everything down the middle. Do you see what I'm saying? And that is a question most people don't answer. As a matter of fact, I'm going to be honest with you. Some of you are all contemplating marriage, but you have assets. You need to think about it because if this does not work in, and you split, you're going to have to split it. Is that what you really want? Think about it. You can't make these long-term decisions in a vacuum. Now, for people who are retired, right, 
And this is why, based on how estate tax and capital gains taxes are, this is why you go into nursing homes and senior folks live together but won't get married because it will disrupt their their you know their 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 estate planning, right? It will affect how their assets are distributed, and they've already distributed it to the children, and they don't want to mess that up. So they will older people, lots of older people look like they're married. They live together because they people want to be with someone. And they will live together, but they won't get married because it disrupts everything. I am not saying that we shouldn't have senior facilities. We need to have them. But I'm saying that find something to do, and you will find that you live. Now, there are, lots, there are some older folks who are still creepy, like, you know, the pedophile ones. That, well, they need to go where those things go. But most people, if you were to go to most retirement homes and most assisted living facilities, have you ever visited one of those? and talk to the folks there, there is so much wisdom that they can give you based on how they have lived. There's so much wisdom that they can impart to you that you literally are sitting there like, wow, you shouldn't be in a nursing home. Right? I personally, I'll never be in one of those things. I'll never go to one of those things. All the days of my life, all my days, I will live and yet live. I promise you, I'll never go into one of those. I'm not going to be in no assisted living. I'm going to be living. I'm going to always find something to do that keeps this ticking and keeps my heart ticking. You want something that gives you adrenaline rush. You want to still get up. Some people still get up. Part of why our seniors just decline is once they retire, they stop driving in the morning. They didn't realize how much that adrenaline rush to go get the coffee and go in the commute, how it kept them going. So all of a sudden you retire and you stop driving. You stop doing the commute. Seniors don't come out in the morning. They come out after the rush. Why? Because we tell them that they're insignificant. And it's because we say, you're old. Stop the messaging. This is the one culture in the world where we tell people they're old after 40. In every other culture, most other cultures, they respect the fact that you now have wisdom. And think about it. We're robbing ourselves of the wisdom of others. Can you imagine someone who is in their 60s, what wisdom they have to tell you? Where you're trying to go, they've already been there. They've already seen the outcome. They can tell you, don't try that. Don't go there. Don't try that one. Do it this way. Do you see what I'm saying? And that, you, you, in a lot of companies, they've made a lot of mistakes because they hired people right out of college and they became fascinated with their fresh new ideas that upon execution just failed, just totally failed because it doesn't have the merit. It doesn't, it doesn't have the wisdom and experience to say if you implement this program this way, this is the repercussion. That only comes with wisdom. That comes with experience, and time is the master. Time is the master of everything. Time. You want to find out something? Time. So as for all these senior folks who are retiring, I'm going to hook my my wagon and start listening to what they have to say. I'm going to start listening some more. They have stuff to say. They've lived a while. They've seen some stuff right? They've seen some people do some stuff. I'm going to wrap up in just a minute so that 
so so that everyone you know can get on with their day and so on. But I just want to reiterate a few points if you are just joining our broadcast, just so you know, we're talking about seniors, folks who have retired, persons who have retired and who have found a second wind, if you will, who have found that in retirement, they're finding way more fulfillment because now they can actually do what they want to do. So you got retired. And some of us are so changed to the idea of getting up and going to work at 8 o'clock. It never occurred to us that you paid that dues. So now you can go and do something. So your day might not start at 8. It might start at 10 or 11. But guess what? You're still packing the hours because at 7 o'clock, you're still going. Still go on out and meet with people. Still have coffee. Still meet with people in coffee houses. You, don't have, you can change the way you dress. You don't have to wear a suit and tie. You can dress like I do. You can dress in athletic wear. You can dress relaxed and casually. But go find yourself to a group of young people and mentor them. You could even start a mentorship group even from amongst the people you work with. Showing them how to navigate the world and how to navigate careers. Years ago, one of my mentors, he was a mentor to me. He's a, psychi- he's a psychologist, a child psychologist. He specializes in, in the treatment of children's trauma. I kid you not. And when he was forced into retirement, he worked for over five decades. When he was forced into retirement, he was one of those who went out uh, Raven Bishop morning saying, right? He was one of those who went out kicking and screaming. He was like, are you kidding me? I, I wasn't ready. So they told him to come and talk to me. He's my mentor. He has over five decades of work in in the treatment of children's trauma. And yet, they told him to come and talk to me. Right? And so he came and talked to me. And he said, how do I package myself? And I said, well, what do you want to do? I said, that's the first thing we need to figure out. I said, what exactly do you want to do? And he said, I like talking to, to people about what, should, what happens to children in trauma. I said, okay, that's your specialty. That's what you do. I said, well, let's design a program around that. And I said to him, just out of curiosity, why are you asking me? <laughs> and he said, because they told me that you're an entrepreneur. And if anybody can guide you into your next, it's me. I kid you not. The same people who would not have paid me $5,000 to come and speak, but when I got a white woman from out of state to come and speak, told him that at that crucial point when he needed to change his career, I was the person who could best guide him into his next. And I told him what to do. Right? I told him what to do. He said, meet people. Meet people in coffee house. It kept him going, right? Kept him going. Kept him going, right? And he was one of those who uh, who had remarried. So after the divorce, his children hated him because they blamed the fact that he remarried why their, their lives didn't work, and it was a whole thing. It was, it, it was just a whole thing. Nothing he could do to get them right. Everything was just messed up. And I said, well, you finally have time now to sit down and think about it. You finally have the time to figure out if this 
is what you want to do. Now, what are you going to do about it? Because you are so busy working, you are dealing with it. Now is the time when you have to deal with it. So I said, start by having a relationship with your kids. You can't turn the clock back. You can't uh, stop it, but you can start apologizing for your missteps. And months after that, when I checked in with him, we found that he had actually tried it, and it had opened the door for him to develop a different kind of relationship with his daughter. So at least he was deriving some level of satisfaction from the fact that at least he was in communication with her and he was trying to reach his son. Do you see what I'm saying? Because the sub, and I said, it's, it's kind of your fault because the subliminal message you were giving the kids was that they were secondary to you, that everything else mattered to you more than they did when that was not what you were thinking, but your actions said that. So you need to correct it. Do you see where I'm going with this? So what I'm saying is sometimes when you get to retirement, you finally have a time to think. And if you want to, give yourself three months to think about stuff. Tell yourself, put yourself on a timeline. You have three months to think through this and that. Everything you want to think about, here's what. Give yourself a laundry list of stuff you want to think through. And think through it. And then be done. After you've thought through it, you say, well, what am I going to do? Because part of the thinking is, why did this happen? How did I get here? How did this happen? How did I get to this? But now what's the change? What's the effect? What's the result going to be? How do I want to deal with it? And move on it and execute. You will live longer. None of us need to get into retirement or get into that part of life and have ourselves and find that we have ourselves a situation that we have to think about. None of us, right? Do you see what I'm saying? None of us need to do that. All of us need to be able to say, okay, this happened. I wasn't proud of it, but here is how I can change that narrative going forward. And sometimes you have to ask yourself, what was the messaging around what was going on? When that happened, what happened? And some of us, we have made some missteps. There are some things we could have done better. There are some things that could, should not have happened, right? And we could have handled it or managed it better. And one of the things that's amazing to me as I talk to people who have faced some sort of public outcry, some public scandal, and I've also, when I listen to them, and I would ask the question, well, who were you listening to at the time? It was obvious to me that you could have managed that better, that this was a better way to handle it. Who were you listening to? It, it's mind-blowing to me how people don't think through stuff, especially at crisis moments. And we're good for that. At moments of crisis, we're, we're like that. So don't wait for a crisis to make you start your second game. Be thinking about it. Plan for it. If you're 45, Start planning for retirement because they will find a way to force you out, especially if you've been there a while. You might just be at the point where if you don't demonstrate some usefulness, they might want to put you out. So go sign yourself up for a new course. Thanks, transfer to another department where you can learn new stuff. You'll still have the longevity and the seniority, but go to another area where you tell them you're looking to learn new stuff. Make it known that you want to learn new things. And start planning for the exit, because the exit will come. 
So when it comes, it doesn't take you up. So many times, I remember about three years ago uh, when my mother was sick, one of the things that helped me was I would go to the mall and sit down. You know, you just buy a latte, right? And you know me, I like a chai tea. <laughs> you see me and I got a chai tea stuff going on. And I would buy myself a latte. I kid you not, folks. <laughs> and I would go to the mall and just sit down and I would just be still right, with all the noise and humdrum that was going on. And I remember seeing a man there, and it was obvious that he had just retired. Now, for some of you who have worked for so long and your wife didn't work, your wife is not really happy when you retire because she's like, oh, my God, now he's going to take it all out on me, (laughs) right? And he retired, and you could tell that he was searching for his youthfulness. He was so used to putting on a shirt and tie, He's at the mall with his wife in the morning. It was probably about 11, 11.30, and he had on his shirt and tie and his shoes, his dress shoes, like he was headed to the office. You could look at his face and tell this man was not having a good time. And his wife was just going in and out of stores because his attitude was, don't talk to me, don't touch me. You could tell he had just retired. They gave him the watch. And now he's trying to find meaning in life. You know what happened? It's too late. You want to have your side gig set up so that you can segue into it immediately past retirement. It's not something that you go home and you have to think about because the time could be lost. You might even find yourself talking yourself out of it. You might fall into depression because now people are not calling you as often. They're not emailing you. And the people whom you used to work with who found you valuable and useful, you don't have that value and use to them anymore. So they're not calling you or chasing you down or trying to get with you because or get to you because you're no longer valuable to them. Your value, your net worth, your value to them has ceased. There was a, there's an expiration date on. Those things affect you. And so what you have to do is to have something else that's equally absorbing and you have to have it so that You step out of this, you step right into it. The next day after you retire, you start the first new day full-time in charge of your corporate empire. Get a website going, start an online conversation, and start thinking about it. And just sit back and watch it grow. And even if it doesn't turn out and make as much money as you want it to be, so what? You're doing this because it keeps you going. You're not doing this because somebody else, you know, is is trying to tell you anything. No. Do you see what I'm saying, y'all? Makes sense? And this is why the folks who are doing this post-retirement, they're prospering. Because they take the edge off. They tell themselves, I'm in it for the fun of it. I'm in it to win. I'm, I'm winning just by surviving. I'm winning just by living. Right? They say sometimes you don't know how valuable life is until you almost lose it. Retirement is kind of losing it because it's almost as if one group of people have now rendered you and said you are no longer valuable, right? So now you have to get over here and find some sort of value. And worse, if you your whole career was spent ignoring the people who matter. You didn't have any time for your children. You were too busy working. 
you made them feel like they were not important. They were not important to the chase. You made your spouse feel like they were not important at all. They were just hanging in there. And now you're retired and now you want to come and talk to me? Hello? The devil is a liar. Do you see what I'm saying? And now suddenly you're like, man, I shouldn't have retired. Everything is just going south. Well, you have poor people skills. (laughs) You need to work on your people skills. (laughs) You need to go mend the bridges. You need to go apologize to some people. People don't understand the power of an apology. How much an apology is powering, empowering, and powerful. You need to sometimes, some of us need to go tell some people, I am sorry that I said those words. I am sorry that I hurt you. I'm sorry that my actions impacted you. I'm sorry I wasn't there for your 10th birthday because I thought work was more important and I went on an out-of-town business trip. I'm sorry. Well, some of us don't even realize how important it is to go tell your spouse, thank you for holding it together all these years so that I could be free to go do this. I'm sorry that I never told you how grateful I am that, you know, you kept the house going and you kept the family going while I was busy. We don't realize that. The power of saying I'm sorry, right? It will help you. It will help you. We're going to talk about that some more soon. The power of an apology. You want to talk about that, right? The power. There's there's power in that stuff. There's power in it. There's power in it. People want to dismiss it. It, it, The people who want to dismiss it are the people who find it difficult to cope with the stuff that they've done. Have you ever noticed that people who always say you should forgive everything and forgive everybody are the people who have done the most damage? The people who have hurt you the most are the people who are the first ones to jump up and say forgive. And they've done the most damage. They don't have a clue what the power of an apology could do. You want me to forgive you and you want to be forgiven. How about apologizing and taking ownership that you did something in the first place because you're just going to keep on doing it, right? So as you move into retirement, as you move, look at it not as retirement, but look at it as your next. Look at it as your next level. And for the love of God, live. Live gloriously. Live with power. Live with might. Live as if there is a spirit in you that is keeping you going every day. Live. And yet live. And while you live, live. And if you find that you're doing something, do it because you enjoy it. Do it because and sip your cup of latte. The children are grown. They're out of the house. Don't take on people's other kids. Don't take on grandkids. Let them learn to raise their children just as you have to raise yours. So you can sleep until 8 o'clock in the morning. Right? And you can get up and make yourself good morning. Right? (laughs) Good morning. And you can make yourself a cup of coffee, a walk around your house in your robe and your PJs. And then when you're done, you get up and you go out to the to the coffee shop. And you say, who am I going to talk to today? And just sit there and take your laptop and start doing something. Live. And then find yourself, you know what, I'm coming here every day. I need to find myself something to do. Right? Don't quit yet. It's not time yet. So many times I've seen too many people retire and then they're gone. I have a neighbor who retired 15 years ago. Oh, my God. He cuts his lawn. He shovels his driveway and mine. Right? (laughs) 
And he goes out. He mentors people as an alcoholic anonymous. And he said, why? Because he said I was an alcoholic most of the time I work. So he mentors people. It's so fulfilling. The dude comes over to my house and grabs a ladder, y'all, and says, your light bulb needs changing. I just changed it for you. I kid you not. You know how old he is? He tells me he's 72. If he tells me he's 72, he has shaved off about three years, don't you think? He looks like he just turned 50. I was so shocked when he told me he was 72. I thought the man was going to say he's 40. He's 45. The energy that he has. And he's been retired for 15 years. He says, I can afford to do what I want to do. This is while you young ones are out there cleaning off your cars to go to work. He's sitting in his in, in his den watching us in the morning, sipping his coffee and laughing. And then when get this, when he's done, dude is gone up to Ramshorn or wherever. I kid you not. <laughs> and and have his midday lunch and, 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 and roll with the other fellas. He said, I just meet the fellas every now and then. And the ladies. And the ladies. I am I'm telling you, he's having fun. I'm like, don't you want to start something? He said, no, I'll leave that to my kids. I'm good. Every now and then, you know, I take a three-week cruise. I go somewhere, you know. Right? Right. You, you, you got to do this, you all. You got to do this. Life is for living. I got to go. I got stuff to do. If this message has been a blessing to you, do me a favor. Go to the ExodusFoundation.com. And help us. This is a listener-supported service. So if you don't support me, I can't stay on the air. Right? So go to the ExodusFoundation.com and leave us a donation so that we can continue to bring you more programming like this. In the meantime, thank you so much for your contribution. As usual, subscribe and download Down to Earth. It's available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Radio Public, and a number of other podcast platform. I thank you so much for what you do. I thank you so much for all that you do. And I thank you for continuing to listen to me. Join me again tomorrow. Same time, same place as we continue to bring you more of the events that matter. Be blessed, everybody. Have a great Thursday. (laughs) I don't know about you. I'm so glad I'm not in Michigan. I I am in Michigan. So there will come a time when I won't be in Michigan. Don't you think I'm looking forward to that? You betcha. Thanks so much, everybody. Be blessed. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.